Hello and welcome to the You're an Asset podcast. I'm your host, Casey the Dollar. And on this podcast, we find out who is an asset in the financial industry and who is just an ass. It is. The BMIs are stupid. On today's episode, I have a very special guest. I have not had the privilege of having a conversation with him outside of this podcast right here, right now. And I cannot wait to hear about this person's story and how they got into the industry, um, because I think it's going to be very juicy. So without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome, Mr. Sasan Shear. Hey, Sasan, how's it going? I'm doing phenomenal, Casey. Thanks for having me on. It's an honor to be can't wait to get to chat with you. Um, we got connected because of Dustin Wiley, mm-hmm. um, who was on the first episode. We love Dustin. Shout out to Dustin uh, and and Spectrum, Spectrum Financial. Please start off. Tell us where you're from. How old are you? And how long have you had your life insurance license? Yeah, so I am 28 years old. I'm originally from Southern California, currently up in Eastern Washington. Notice that Eastern Washington is just a mini version of Southern California. We're trying to be, but yeah. background wise, always done P2P sales. That was just, that's where I just kind of found my home. Um, okay. Real estate was originally what I dove into in Los Angeles. Yeah, that's that's pretty much how I ended up in insurance and I've been licensed ever since 2022. So we're go- we just started year two. Pretty much. Just starting year two. Yeah. Okay. You're young. You're young. It's been a hell of a year, Casey. I have to say that you're young because if I'm 29, I'm young. Okay. No, no one's going to tell me anything different. And that's where I kind of hit it off with Dustin. And we'll get to how him and I met, but he understands the unethical side and he's come over to the light side. And that's what I know. So when I see unethical, now I know I can cuss. When I've seen unethical shit go down, I'm like, yeah, this is not right. And I'll call it out. Yeah. Uh, apparently a lot of people don't like that though so no a lot of people don't like that um a lot of people are real scared to come on the show real scared to come on the show so wait you don't do social media or do you do social media you don't nope so where do you call people out so i stopped my last call out was kind of what led to me kind of getting off social media which is how i met dustin um if you want to just dive into that yeah yeah tell me yeah so i had a lead for an iul and I'll jump into the, the insurance stuff, but I started up with Cemetery. So this guy that I met through Solar was at Cemetery Financial. Okay. Uh, he became my upline, started working with him. My God, is that company. Uh, I've heard bad things about Cemetery. It's a fun factory, man. Bunch of weirdos. I'll tell you. I mean, <laughs> to think you could be that delusional with, it, it's scary almost. You know, it, there, there's a certain element of it where you're like frustrated with them or agitated but it's scary when somebody yeah, like is, these guys are not for real. Right. But they are. Yeah. When they're that convinced of what they're doing, it just becomes fearful. But anyhow, I, I had a client, some mortgage protection lead. We ended up doing IUL for her and she's a single gal worked okay. like three jobs. Ridiculous. And we barely were able to put together an IUL for like 500 bucks a month, bare minimum death benefit. And what I did is I added on uh, a very, very small amount of supplemental term just because she wanted to have a certain amount of death benefit. 
And yeah. I was like, I don't need to make a commission on that. That's not that's not what we're doing this for. So we built it bare minimum, tiny bit of like 50,000 supplemental turbs. So this thing was bone dry on DB, but it was performing really well. She ends up accidentally filling out some other form or she made, did a bunch of those mortgage protection mailers and another lady from Arizona reached out to her. Yeah. And I got nothing against these people. Do what you got to do. You know, it's I'm a, I'm a hardcore capitalist. So I'm all about it. But... <laughs> She reached out to my client and she's like, hey, this guy screwed you over. I can get you like $800,000 of death benefit for the, for the amount of money you're putting in and still it's an IUL. And I was like, well, well that's that's wrong, right? We, we all know what's going to happen there. And the girl was like, yeah, I just, I kind of, I'm telling her to stop bothering me and she won't stop texting me. So she screenshots this and she's sending me what she's texting her. And the oh, lady's man. like, Call me, call me. This guy's going to screw you over. Be careful. Women got to protect women, blah, 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 like whatever. And I finally, I'm like, just send me her number. And I go full stalker mode and I find this chick on social media and I try, I call her. I think I emailed her. I FaceTimed her number because she had an iPhone. Like I'm trying to contact her and wow. I'm messaging her. Like I messaged her some stuff that was, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not proud about it, but it was pretty bad, like pretty heavy. Mm. So she knows this dude's coming at her from like every angle. I made the mistake, which now it's a blessing when I look back at it, but I made the mistake of direct messaging her a video. And the video was not very pleasant. I kind of hopped on. Thank God though, I hopped on and immediately started calling her out. I hopped on, sent a few choice words to her. You shouldn't be <laughs> approaching clients who are single women with three jobs, barely trying to put together a supplemental retirement for 30 years out and you're mm. screwing them over. She's trying to act like the women need to support women, but she's actually screwing over her own kind. And you're the one having to come in and be like, listen, what the hell is happening here? And again, capitalism, I'm all for it. Yeah. But come on now. Why are you doing this to people? I just want to circle back to this because what was the death benefit that you were trying to set this woman up with? Oh, it was an F and G policy. I think the base was like 120, 130, and I rounded it up to like 200K. So 800 grand is wild, wild. You guys know this. Listeners, you know that 800 grand for $500 a month is, there's no way that that makes sense in any case scenario. It was like seven years of zeros. Oh, wow. That's wild. So it's it's not even that you're you're going and like finding people's social media and calling them out like as like a commenter. It's like you, let me, let me get your agent's number. <laughs> And I'm going to call them personally. Yeah, I've done that multiple. I, I honestly still do it. The amount of people that share their policies. And I'm like, who mm. wrote it? And I have another one in California, actually, whose uh, agent I've called. And she's like threatened me. She's like, if you keep calling me, I'm going to blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, whatever, I'm done calling you. You got the message. But she connected with me on the fact that we were both divorcees and that men are trash or whatever. And they wrote me an IUL. Can you look it over? I look it over and it's a TAIUL. Eight years, literally. She's a Transamerica? Still, yeah, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Eight years in, she was putting, I think she's putting like 500 bucks a month into that one. And yeah. eight years in, she had $800 of cash value. Good, good old Transamerica policy. I mean, it's just, again, to a certain extent, some of these agents just don't know. Like her agent genuinely didn't know. Could I have been nicer yeah. about the approach? Yeah. But when I approached her about it, she did not know what I was talking about. She genuinely thought that she had built it correct. She's like, yeah, but she wanted death benefit too. And I'm like, but you don't build that in to the base death benefit of the policy. She was like, oh, that's what I thought. Yeah, I mean, and and to be fair, a lot of if the insurance carriers, the IUL product doesn't allow for term coverage, right? So there's right. no like supplemental term. 
to add on to the policy to make the death benefit more for a cheaper price. You have to just do base. And so if your only option is to do base coverage, you better not be adding any extra death benefit unless that person explicitly tells you that they want it. And you've then walked them through the the fact that they're not going to be fully funding their policy. Exactly. Right? Like, there's a way to go about it in a genuine, transparent and educational way. And then there's a way to just screw people over. But mm-hmm. at some point, in some way, not monetarily, maybe health, maybe through a loved one, karma comes back around. So all I would advise you is just, just keep your eye out, man. Put your seatbelt yeah. on. Do that. If you're going to live that lifestyle, just just watch your ass. Because yeah. you can't go around screwing people for the rest of your life. There's a lot of people out there making a lot of money thinking that they're doing they're convincing themselves they're doing the right thing. Because what's come to my attention is that these people who are like, oh, I made, you know, two, three, four million last year, but they only have uh, 150 clients like, oh, the math's not mathing. The math is not. Yeah. And, you know, what a prime example. That's Dustin. Man, if that guy was unethical, we wouldn't be talking. He'd be set. He'd be loaded by now. But Same. he does the business right. Do you know how many people I talk to, Casey, who come into the conversation? At least half of my meetings, somewhere in the conversation, it's brought up that there is something genuine about that guy. Yeah, and I, I love it. I mean, and I think me and Dustin are the same. And like, I'm just the female version and he's the, yeah. the male version. And I mean, shit, there's got to be more people out there that do it this way. And we could seriously change the industry and we could change people's lives. But like, we're fighting against a shit storm of, of assholes who are just greedy as, as hell and they don't care. And, and what you said is really important too, because for people, a lot of people listen to get more information, right? Yeah. Um, about who they should trust or how their policy sh- policy should be set up. And people really do want to be sold. And people like Dustin and you and me and the people that I work with, we're not trying to sell anybody at all. We're not trying to sell anybody. And so people are less likely to go through this whole process of like, well, I want to talk to you on the phone. I want to show you some numbers. I want to educate you about it. I want to give you more information. I want to show you why this one is the best compared to another one or or whatever it is. And people are like, oh, it's a lot of work and I don't have time. And can't you just tell me the, the best thing that I should do? Right. I'm like, this is a lifelong contract that we can't change. Why are you trying to half-ass the process? Like, people are basically setting themselves up like, please screw me. Uh, it's wild. It's just what yeah. you said. People want to be sold and you tell them, oh, I can get you an $800,000 death benefit for the same amount of money. Ooh, wow. I yeah. want to take that one. You're not going to be happy. Give it an even two, three years. But but Casey, is it still going to accumulate the same? Yes. Oh, okay, cool. I believe you. Yes. Yeah. This- <laughs> and they're just like, all right, cool. Because every time I ask them, I'm like, well, did you ask them about the accumulation? They're like, yeah, they said it's going to be fine. And I'm it's like, it's going to be fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're going to be fine. But some people would rather just be sold and they just want to be, just get it done, get it done fast. And I'm not going to think about it again. And they're, they're putting themselves in that position to be screwed. And then they wonder why. And then they're mad at the agent. And it's like, dude, you should have taken more responsibility for yourself. And I hear that message with Dustin a lot of like, it's not my responsibility. Like if you want to get screwed, like I gave you everything. And if you went and worked with someone else because they did it in two seconds, like, 
Don't come back and be mad at me. Don't mm. be, mad at, be mad at that person. Take the responsibility. Yep. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case somebody who I've served by any chance is watching or comes across this video, they'll probably get a little check loss. Well, like, yeah, he's, he's damn right. He did say it. I tell everyone the same thing. I'm like, look, if you're not disciplined enough to have this conversation with me, I, I don't want to write this policy because mm -hmm. I don't want all to come back to me in eight months and go, why is your client lapsing on a policy? And then that happens again and again and again. So you aside, I got my own reputation to worry about. Exactly. But on top of that, it's like, do you think it's easier to come out and tell people that 500 bucks a month will make them a millionaire or to do what you do? It's, it's way easier. It's easier. Well, you look at the equation and you go, all right, cool. 50% of the problem is the client kind of wants to be sold. Well, the other 50% is kind of in our control with the industry. Well, mm -hmm. if that 50% finds it to be more profitable, a faster process, quite frankly, this is going to sound terrible, but a lot of these agents, because I've, I've heard of it when I was at the other IMOs, the mindset is if the client finds out in a year, who gives a sh about the residual? I already got paid. So it's churn and burn. And it's like, if you can write a higher comp with a shittier company, higher target premium, screw the client over, churn and burn them, just make massive ROR on your lead purchasing cost. It's like, dude, what are you doing? What's happening here? And then the other 50% loves it. They're like, yeah, we got set up. They're all happy about it until eight years, five years, they come across one of us. And then I got to be the one to tell them mm -hmm. the surrender value that we're going to roll over is $400. Yeah. And they're like, I've been paying for six years. What, what does that mean? And I'm like, yeah, well you, you got four, you got, no, I'm sorry, $395. So <laughs> awesome job. You said that was your cousin who set that up through Brian. <laughs> oh, not, what, what's your cousin doing now? Oh, selling cars. Sick. Yeah. It's shameful, honestly. It is. No, it's it's honestly really depressing. The only reason I'm doing it is because there has to be a good guy somewhere. Yeah. I've been trying to wave my my hands like I swear I'm I'm gonna do right by you. I posted a video today that was like every single one of my clients has a cash value within the first year. People always comment on my stuff. Oh, is it true you can't you can't uh, access your cash value for at least ten years? No, and whoever's telling you that is not going to set your policy up for you to even have a cash value for 10 years. I had a client take a $30,000 loan in 30 days from starting their policy. An IUL, not a whole life policy. What were they putting into that? 250 grand. They dropped that in. 30 days took out 30 grand. A month later, they took out another 12. And next month, they're going to take out another 12000 The point is that it's there and it's doable unless you work with someone who doesn't give a shit about you. And then somebody talks to them and they're like, yeah, I got set up by a dude with 200,000 followers. They don't go and look that half of those are fake followers. The other half are kind of, you know, the wrong community of people that should be following <laughs> this guy. Like you just got hit with a targeted ad because on Facebook ads, he said a certain income category and whatever, and he found you. So, you know, the industry to a certain extent, for me personally, has kind of opened up my eyes in, in every avenue. When you look at an industry like this, where so much can go so wrong, but yeah. there is good people in it, it kind of opens your eyes to different things where you're like, man, I've never liked this certain group of people, but you got to kind of take a step back and go, maybe there's some good people in there. I've never liked this certain brand, but maybe there's a certain purpose behind them that's actually good, right? Maybe yeah. the thing I don't like is X, Y, Z. 
Um, but I would say to anybody who's been screwed over or is in a, in a shitty spot with this industry, it, you shouldn't give up. You should just go find the right people because There's it's either us setting up the policy or some douchebag with a really tight shirt on. No offense to <laughs> the tight shirts on. Andy Elliott, you're a legend. <laughs> Well, and there's a lot of like really young people too. Like, and they're they're 45 year olds are like, well, 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 you know, so and so set up my policy, and it's like a 25 year old kid who he's thinking is a professional. I'm like, here's one for you, 19 year old kid, and I'll call this guy out because he is a piece of shit, Chris Crone. I mean, you want to talk Grant Cardone wannabe, like the big lots. Okay, of Grant Cardone is this guy named Chris Crone. This one of my clients, 18, 19 year old kid, his dad died. He got an inheritance of $150,000, saw some of the Chris Crone videos. His family was no help because his family was, you know, gone. It was just him and his dad. Chris sits on a call with this kid, tells him that he'll take his $150,000 and he'll give him like an 11% return on it with his real estate deals and all that shit. 24 years old is when I talked to him. He hasn't been able to talk to Chris Crone's team for almost two years now. Oh, wow. Money's gone. This guy's still posting videos. But it's what blows my mind is these people are out there and there's out there's other people who have been screwed. You know, so it's <sighs> sad that a lot of people fall into that trap because they glorify these these people that genuinely, if you go look at their, their cred, they don't have a lot of cred. But yeah. a lot of insurance agents, the, the problem is, he or she doesn't know any better and it, they're just a danger to society, which, you know, sorry for the ramble, but that was no, cemetery. Like cemetery was so many people, you know, God bless their souls. They're good people. That's what sucks is they are genuinely good hearted people, but they just they don't know any better. And yeah. the people who are supposed to teach them, like, why the fuck would we do that? Our overrides are going to get hit. You know what I mean? Let these idiots do what they got to do. It's a 35-year-old, 50-year-old, 45-year-old, single mom at home, or some guy who lost his job, got a life insurance license. It's your warm market. Get more and more referrals. They'll trust you, and you'll learn in the process. So that's that's really where the problem lies, is there's so many elements to doing it right, and there's just so few to doing it wrong. Like I don't know how these people sleep at night. I mean, I, I really don't. But I want to say one thing, and then I want you to come back and tell us about Symmetra and then how, symmetry, not Symmetra, um, about symmetry and how you found Dustin, because I, I want to know how you how you ran into Dustin. But it just kind of dawned on me that the next time somebody talks to me and they're so calm and they're so like, oh, the industry is like this and it's like that. I'm going to just immediately have red flags because your anger <laughs> and frustration is telling me he means it. He, he's genuinely like pissed off and wants to help people and is so livid. And that's why he's losing my fucking mind because that's how I feel. I feel like I'm losing my shit trying to get people to understand that like this is no joke trying to do what's right for people. And, and yes, I'm trying to make a I'm trying to feed myself and I'm trying to have a career but I'm not going to do it at the expense of other people. And I didn't think that that was unique. The fact that you're so mad tells me you, you can trust this guy. He, he's, he's very angry at the industry. And that's how the, the good guys are. That's how the good yeah, guys I are. Mean, not, to, not to fuel my anger even more, but it's <laughs> funny that, you, it's funny that you, you're segueing into the symmetry conversation with that. Because 
That is exactly how it was. We had a Zoom call every day, like twice oh, a day. Oh, you guys, you're doing so great. Just sell them whatever you can sell them and whatever they have. Yeah. Casey, I lost track of the <laughs> leaderboards. I don't know how many different things you could fucking excel at. Like uh, this person woke up the earliest this many times a week. This person dialed this many times. Congratulations. This person <laughs> fucking send them an email with a certificate. <laughs> this person sat the most amount, most amount of appointments. This person closed uh, this much AP. Uh, this person closed this much AP with this many cases. This person just showed up. Let's give it off. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck is happening over here, man? Like, so there's participation sport? trophies going yeah, on. Yeah, and it's it's <laughs> it's scary because everyone's sitting there, and it's not like they're texting. It's not like they're doing work. They're yeah. sitting there. They're like. That's my favorite person. I fucking love that person. Oh, I care about you so much. It's like, dude, you've never even met them in person, bro. Like, what are you? What's going on? And they're like, yeah, put fives up in the chat if you're paying attention. If people put like 500 fives, it's like you could have put one five. We know you're there. Your camera's also on and you're fucking staring at the screen. We got it, dude. You get an award. And you guys aren't learning anything. You're just... No. And the amount of people where I told them, I was like, hey, this doesn't seem right. Like, why would I do a term ROP when I can do an IUL? And in those 30 years, they have much more than that premium. And the death benefit's grown much higher. And in the short term, I could supplement it. Why wouldn't I do that? They're like, well, the comp, so much better on term. And I'm like... What the fuck did you just say? The company's better on term? What does that fucking matter, dude? The client doesn't need a term policy. What are you? It's like going to the hospital and you're like, hey, my knees are killing me. And they're like, but we have a sale on hip replacement. So if we just swap the whole fucking leg out, it makes sense. Hey, let's do it. Let's do it. Your insurance is paying for it, Casey. You're not even paying for it. Like the amount of people I've talked to where they're like, yeah, I have a $250,000 policy. And I'm like, well, how much is it? And they're like, $18 a month. And I'm like, that's accidental death. And they're like, no, it's all of my deaths. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> no, it doesn't work like that. And they're like, yeah, it's a permanent policy. And I'm like, accidental death is a permanent policy. It only in- pays out if you get into a literal like freak accident. Like, Yeah, it's yeah. like if the payout rate is 0.02% and you can Google that. So... I've cleared my air. I carry no guilt. I fixed all the wrong policies I've I've done. But yeah, it, it's unfortunate, and I've lost a lot of clients because I'll tell if, if you genuinely don't have the right finances, I'll be the first one to tell you, and I make it real clear. I'm like, look, no. I want to be the one to tell you, don't buy an IUL. Why? Don't even come back to me. Go to somebody else in two years or whatever. But don't come back to me. But just don't buy one now. Don't get sold by somebody else. And if you are going to structure it, like I've built out illustrations with forecasted ages where I'm like, look, in two years, once you pay off this debt, once you do this, you'll be this old. Here's the amount of money you should be putting in. I'll build it, download it, email it to them. And I'm like, when you go to build it in two years, if I'm fucking dead, here's how you should build it. I don't care. But just go build it like this. And then they'll have that 75 pages and they should hopefully give that to another agent to build correctly. But they, you should be informed. It's a long education process. And I go through it like step by step. Like you'll you'll start from the very basics of an IUL or a whole life or a term or whatever it is. 
and we'll progressively get there. And if you if you don't understand it, I cannot write the policy. It's a fine line because I I'm training a couple people right now, right? And they're like, oh wow, Casey, like you know that person said they couldn't contribute ten times their age, but they seem like they really want a policy, and I'm like. I know. And let's say they want to pay 300, 40 year old, $300 a month. Yeah. Really? It's not my standard to do this business, but is it better for me to do it and educate them as, as well as I can. Right. And set them up in this policy on purpose to make sure that they don't get screwed by somebody else at a certain point, at a certain point, a 40 year old doing a hundred dollars a month, I'm not going to do the business and I'm going to hope to God that they're not going to go somewhere else. But some of these people I'm like, shit, man, like, you got me in this tough spot where, like, I don't want you to go somewhere else and get completely fucking annihilated by a shitty ass agent. I don't know what to do here. Like, I don't want to make money off of you when I don't feel good about it. But what I feel worse when you come back to me in two years and say, hey, Casey, I got a policy, even though you told me not to get one. And so I got it anyway. And now it sucks. And now I'm out, you know, five grand. And can you help me? Oh, fuck. I should have just done it because at least you would have, like, had a decent policy and we could have yeah. kept it. Oh, it's such a tough spot because yeah. 90% of this job being an insurance agent is like literally just having a conscience. Yeah. And it's, it's hard because a lot of the people that are doing that kind of business, unfortunately are not coming from a, a fucking blessed place of being fully stable. They're not like sitting yeah. on cash. They have consistent no. passive income and they're like, yeah, I want to do insurance out of the good of my heart. Right. Mm. So, it's, and it's a moral, <laughs> moral compass thing. Right. So, yeah. think about it this way. If you have a moral compass, which you have, you, everybody has it, you've felt at some point, you felt shitty when you littered. You felt that. 100%. If you don't now, you know, newsflash, your moral compass is gone, my friend. Um, it's pointing in people, the wrong direction. Yeah. But people just, <laughs> that's what they do is they'll look at their moral compass. Yeah. That bitch says north and they're like, nah, it says a little bit east and they ignore it. <laughs> and then they go do something else. They ignore their compass again. They do it again. They do it again. And then it just becomes mm -hmm. a habit. And then you become good at it of like, you mm -hmm. tell me do this. And I'm like, I'm going to go do that boss. And then I go fucking screw everyone over. And I'm like, fuck my boss, dude. He finds out. He finds out. He fires me. I go to a different IMO. Yeah. Oh. So, so how, how did you meet Wiley? How did you gain contact with him? So Dustin, so this girl, going back to that story. So she screen recorded those DMs. She yeah. tagged Cemetery and posted them. And yeah. that's where, and matter of fact, this is, this is good too, because that highlights the, what I'm about to say highlights the good in the industry. Do you know how many guys messaged me? I got like 15 girls who DM'd me. And at the time when my page was up, I had a bunch of pictures of my fiance on there. They were DMing my fiance too. Saying what? They're like, oh, you can date a guy who calls a woman the C word. And I was like, don't be a fucking C word. And I won't call you a C word. It's not my fault. I didn't do it. But the amount of people who DM me and they're like, dude, we see this chick's content. And finally, somebody fucking tells her. Mm. And you know what? I messaged them all back. I was like, dude, I got 300 followers. Fucking <laughs> shame on you for not saying anything to her, man. What's your yeah. excuse? Like, yeah. Is for watching it and not saying anything to her. I messaged Dustin out of my panic moment because I was like, dude, I'm about to get fired from cemetery. What happens to my book of business? What happens to this? Like and you just messaged him as like, I know this guy from online and he seems like a legit dude. Oh, like, yeah. me, me and Dustin DM back. Dude, Dustin, like when I tell you a good hearted person, that's how yeah. I met him. I reached out to him out of lack of knowledge. I was like, hey man, I see you talk about IULs. I'm with a company who knows 
ass backwards knowledge about IULs? Can you teach me? Fucking hey, I'm talking essays of information, yeah. links, sources, his own personal shit, everything. And he was like, just use it. Just don't brand it or put it out there because it's my personal shit. So yeah. that's where I learned everything. So when this shit hit the fan here, I hit him up. And <laughs> Dustin was essentially the only person where in my moment of panic, what kind of brought me down to calm because his reaction was he loved it. His reaction was, this is fucking great. Like, it yeah. maybe it wasn't the best approach. I don't agree with the things you said, you know, from where <laughs> I'm at. I would never say those things to someone. But damn, do I love the fact that you approached her like this and you're that loud and proud about it. Oh, my god! He put in there, he's like, if you get fired from Cemetery, I hire you any day. So, lo and behold, two months later, I hit I hit him back up and I was like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm out. I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. Where do I go? How do I work with you? And I just started doing cowboy work for him. How long how long ago was this that you met Dustin? I would say that uh, early 2023, like literally okay. February of 2023. So um, you were barely with Symmetry. I was only with Symmetry for like four, five, four months. Yeah, three months. And those three months, I put myself in a hole that I'm still digging out of. As in like chargebacks and all of that? Leads. Oh, by buying leads. Leads. Sure. I had a shit ton of money before I went into insurance because of solar. So I was sitting on a lot of cash. So they were yeah. like, the more leads you buy, the better you do. And I was like, well, rock and roll, man. I'm all about it. <laughs> Cost of goods sold. You know what I mean? It is what it is. So I bought like yeah. thousands of dollars worth of mortgage protection leads. Shit. And they were like, oh, these are A leads. They fucking fill them out by hand. And I'm like, dude, it's a 78-year-old who can't see straight. Oh, man. $75 for a lead like that? Yeah, I, I'm still like $20,000 of debt from, from Cemetery. Still. I'm trickling away at it little by little. Wow. Yeah. Wow. For any agent listening who's buying leads right now, I hope you're learning a lesson here. I I really hope that you're taking this to heart because I've never bought a lead before. Here, matter of fact, if anybody wants leads, just shoot me a call. And I got a lot of mortgage protection leads right here. I mean, anything you want mortgage protection... I got hundreds of them in Washington. Let me know. You can wow. call them and explain to them how mortgage protection is going to save their life and their family. I agree with you. You shouldn't be buying leads. You should be the ideal agent or the ideal broker is somebody who gets educated, wants to do the industry right, finds somebody like I found Dustin, goes to them and tells them, here's my goal. Here's what I'm looking to accomplish. Do you have room on your team for someone like me? No? Yeah. Cool. Next person. And then do joint work. Let the business come in from the person who's putting out the marketing. You yeah. write the business, learn, and you get yeah. yourself to a point where you understand the industry five years, 10 years in, and then you go, all right, how do I start helping you with higher level stuff? I wish that it was easier for like me and Dustin to join forces. Right. Like, yeah. I wish it was easier for all of us to work together and like take on the entire industry as one instead of you guys being over there and us being over here. But like it's it's business. Right. And the insurance industry doesn't make it easy for people to band together. It's a fault of leaders, too, though, Casey. Yeah. It's, it's a fault of leaders, too. I love Patrick Bed David. I'm a huge fan of PBD. But you got to admit, at a certain point, it's no longer PHP no longer belongs to Patrick Bed David. Oh, is that the guy who started PHP? Yeah, yeah. Patrick Ray David has a kick-ass podcast. You should definitely check it out. I think you'd like it with people. Because I heard that the guy who started PHP left from WFG to try to do something better, and now it's still just turned into... Well, it was 
he had a what his company culture was like a couple thousand agents and it was him at the head of the ship. Fucking yeah. me, were they doing great? But then they got to 15, 20, 40,000, 50,000 agents. It doesn't matter what your culture is anymore because mm. you can't control that many people. So the no. problem I would say is leaders. There isn't enough good leaders out there. There isn't mm. enough Casey's and Dustin's out there. So yeah. when you have bad leaders and you have people who even, like you said, somebody comes in good and then they turn shitty, it's because of bad leaders. But it's hard yeah. to, to have someone come in, do the business right, and the biggest element is loyalty. People call it fucking old school, but it, it, it is a little old school. It's a little bit of sentimental attachment of like, hey, you know what? This is like the Kobe mindset. I, it, that's the best way of putting it. Of like, hey, I started here. I built here. Oh, I've gone yeah. through my ups and downs here. This is where I'm, this is where home is. Yeah. People don't have that anymore. So nowadays yeah. it's like, you cut me a bigger check by 5%, I'm out. Yeah. And that is, it's the mindset of, of millennials, especially of like this whole new thing of only stay at a job for two years and then dip the second someone offers you a better, something better. See you later. Yeah. Bye. And I'm not saying like, I mean, there's, there's some sense in this because big corporations are, are shit for sure. And you should go and do better for yourself. But in the aspect of like, who has done right by you and helped you get to where you're at? That's what I'm like, referring to. I mean, Ryan, Ryan is a perfect example of this. Ryan tells me all the time, like Casey, like I, I just want power through financial to do good. Like, I don't even, I don't care about anything else. Like I just want the company to get its name out there and for us to be able to help people, right? Yeah. Like we're not going to switch our messaging and half-ass our job, um, d downgrade the education and the value just to have more traffic. Right. And so if we're going through a time where, you know what, business is slow because we're trying to actually educate people more and people are not appreciating it. OK, well, then we're not working with the right people. Right. Yep. And we're not just going to jump ship and be like, you know what, let's just start posting some of those like catchy five second videos. And then hopefully, you know, we can we can convince people to <laughs> to go through our long process with us and like get the full education. No, we're not going to cut corners. Like, we're going to do what's right. And if you don't like it, then okay. It's fucking terrible to say this, but there's a certain percentage of individuals who have to kind of, they have to be the ones to get hurt, right? It, it's almost the ideology of a million have to die to save a billion, right? But it's yeah. there needs to be the bad agents. There needs to be the bad policies in order to highlight them so that the good policies can now be, because you can't highlight a good policy without sure. a bad one. Yep. So I think in 20 years, when all the shit's been cleared out, all the air has been put out about what's good, what's bad, how things should be done, a bunch of regulations are probably going to come in on how illustrations can be done and all this stuff. What you can say online. Yeah, what you can show. And, and, and people are going to watch this podcast and be like, damn, they've been talking about that a long time ago. And be like, yeah, you know it. <laughs> finally someone's paying attention <laughs> that's really the only solution we have is we need to yeah. we need to just keep doing it and hopefully with time enough people will wake up and smell the coffee and then it'll become a norm it'll become a yeah. norm that like you write good policies now i do i want to ask you something because there are there's a lot of agents right now that are that are doing or promoting a, a, a way to get life insurance where you just click a button. You don't actually speak to anybody. You, they're, they're streamlining the IUL process because that's new because of social media too, right? 
But if you ask, if you ask me, I mean, this is this is evil. This is they're taking advantage even worse that they're cutting out. You don't need to talk to an agent. Just click my link and sign up and do the application and you can be done in 20 minutes because that is going to make it so much harder for us to get through to people. They're like, dude, I don't have time to sit with you for three weeks and and uh-huh. go through stuff. Like, well, I don't know what to about, do about this. Well, think about you see, does it. What, what if I was to ask you, is Coca-Cola healthy? What are you going to tell me? No. Are cigarettes good for you? No. People buy it all day long. Of course. So it's not a, it's not a matter of like, can we adapt to that market? No, we can't. we can't. Because there is no way to do it appropriately without gathering the information you need to gather. So it's so more it's like, so we start putting out ads that are like, if you've clicked on this link... <laughs> Please yeah, or, talk like, to us. Or, or even better yet, you could set up the ad, except when they click on it, it says, please stop clicking on these <gasps> fucking ads and yes. call us and do this process appropriately. That's the only way to do it because yeah. you know this better than anyone. You can't do an instant IUL. For, okay. for people who do high value IULs their whole life and they do it accelerated through accelerated underwriting, it's like, well, if the insurance company doesn't do their blood work and they don't do the urine test and they don't do the paramed, if you are the insurance company, how cheap of an insurance coverage are you going to give you? As opposed not. to somebody who just said their information online. I try to explain this to people. Like if they're not doing a medical, you should be concerned. Oh. Why would they give you half a million dollars and not not check out if you're healthy or not? Do, how does yeah. that not scream red flag? There's a certain oh. bit of uh, naivety. It's what is it? Ignorance is bliss. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. I actually, one of my clients earlier today texted me and he's a realtor and he said, Hey, just checking in life insurance commissions must be good. I have my banker all over me to let him quote me. Once he found out I was going through an application process with you guys. These are the kind of people you have out there. Bankers yeah. with life insurance licenses who are just drooling, ready to get a policy. And you know what's really sad is people trust bankers way more than they trust insurance agents. And so people are way more likely to go to their bank because this idea that you can trust the bank has been drilled into people's minds. So they will they will cancel the policy with us in a heartbeat because their banker said something or their CPA or their CPA, of course. It's like, well, your CPA is not really a CPA. They're just somebody who uses QuickBooks for you because you're too fucking lazy to do it. And you're taking advice from this person. That's where you get your financial advice. If you just Google how many banks have failed in the last 20 years, it's like 450. (laughs) And if you Google how many life insurance companies have failed in the same time period, four. Yep. But people are like, no, no, no. What do you No, That's not true. You want to walk yourself into a problem because ignorance is bliss. I don't have to tag along with you, man. No. Here's the problems that you're going to run into. Here's the pitfalls. Here's my recommendation is not get a policy. If you got to go do it, go do it. But I'm not putting my name on that. Hopefully in four or five years, we'll uh, we'll see them and we can solve the problem. (laughs) Sasan, I I didn't know what to expect from our conversation today. um, And I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I got to tell you, obviously, your podcast is kick ass. Um, I cannot wait for more and more people to start watching it because it's it is important. It goes back to the time and consistency thing. Yeah. Um, but no, other than that, it's just good to know that, uh, that we're not alone. There's a lot of yes. other people out there trying yes. to spread the message. <laughs> uh, and even though I don't have social media to anybody following, please go follow Dustin. Please follow Viking yeah. Financial Group and get some good information in your hands. Uh, well, it's been an honor, my friend. Casey. It's been an honor. You're a genuine, genuine guy. And I'm, I'm really pleased to 
I've gotten to talk with you today and to get to know you and to now call you a friend. I'll make the final, I'll lay down the law here. You're an asset. This industry is lucky to have you. Thank God. You, you better send my certificate because I want my I want my award. I want you like want a- <laughs> Sasan is an asset to everyone. I want a medal I can hang uh, up. Oh Bye. man. Well, to the listeners, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the You're an Asset podcast, where I'm your host, Casey the Dollar, and we found out who is an asset in the financial industry and who is just an ass. I'll see you next week. Bye. The You're an Asset podcast is not giving financial advice. We are not licensed financial advisors, and our licensing is strictly in insurance products. The information that we talk about is specific to the products that we work with. We cannot guarantee that other agents will have the same product features that we discuss on the show.